0: Welcome to The Bookkeeper's Voice, an informative and entertaining podcast for bookkeepers who love small business. Each week, Amy Hook explores new ideas and shares real-life stories, along with inspiring guests from both inside and outside the bookkeeping industry. Every episode will leave you with a fresh perspective, along with industry-specific tips and insights to help your business and your clients' businesses thrive. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome
1: back again. Today, I'm going to talk about what to do when you feel like quitting. Now, I don't know how you feel right now, but I know that some of us are in a place where we feel like we want to give up. And this is perfectly normal. It's a perfectly normal thing to go through. So I just want to start off with that. But what inspired me to talk about this today was that this week I saw another bookkeeper posting on a Facebook group talking about how she felt like quitting and that there was nowhere, you know, kind of, I guess it's the whole, I think a lot of us feel like this. I've been feeling like this myself this week. And, you know, the things that she expressed really, um, really resonated with how I was feeling right in that very moment. And I just thought the timing of this person posting and me seeing that post, it really made me realize that what I have been experiencing in my own business is something that is being experienced not just by me, but by many others in the world of business, in the world of bookkeeping and quitting is part feeling like quitting is part of the process and so just a tiny little quick backstory. so um the other day i was in a place myself i'll be perfectly honest with you i have moments where i feel like quitting and i'll tell you what it was for me that made me feel like i wanted to quit the other day i had um, a couple of meetings booked up my afternoon was actually overbooked with mentoring sessions which I, you know, I've now set a new schedule um, for the next, starting from the next two weeks, but there's a bit of overhang from these, on, um, these appointments that were booked early, um, more appointments than I would have liked in my calendar. So I had these existing appointments in the calendar and I'd made a mistake in thinking that my son's birthday party at creche was at 11am. And um, so I rearranged some of my meetings with clients and then my husband told me it was at 3.30. And so then I had to switch one of the appointments back and it was, you know, it was a bit of a um, bit of a mess around. But anyway, he called the creche to confirm that that was the time. And so what happened was my meeting Time was finishing right when we were meant to be there. But it's only just up the road, so you know, I figure we can just duck out there. Anyway, 3 30 comes, I finished my appointment um, with my client pretty much on the dot. And then we got ready and left. We you know, we were at the door very quickly, and we got there at about 10 to 4. So we were 20 minutes late, and they'd sung happy birthday and started eating the cake without us. And the thing that about that that made me the most sad wasn't that we had we had missed it. Like, yes, I felt hot, like that was the worst feeling initially. But when I sat down and my two-year-old sat on my knee, I could tell he was upset. And so, you know, he, he, he didn't have the words to tell me that he was upset, but he didn't say anything for like 10 minutes. He sat on my knee completely silent and he put his head on my shoulder. And I felt so sad and so angry, and I didn't know who to be sad at, and I didn't know who to be angry at. I was angry at myself for not finishing my meeting earlier. I was angry at my husband for not um, for making the time right on the time that I was finishing the meeting. I was angry with the crèche for not calling us when they were wondering why are they here yet. And I was angry with them for not waiting. And, you know, it all kind of compounded together and it, it reached me in this moment where it really made me question, like, why am I doing this? Because for me, Uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. The reason I started my business in the first place was because I wanted to have a work lifestyle that, you know, worked in with my family life and I just thought, you know, after six years, I've been doing this for six years in business um, before I left being an employee after maybe a four week, uh, four year break. um, I came back and started the bookkeeping business. And then as you know, you know, you've heard my story. I won't tell the whole thing again, but I've, you know, changed a few different things that I do, but within the same industry. And I really felt like, is this really worth it? Like to see my son like that was like, that is the saddest moment that I've had in my, in my child's life. And I, I truly sat down and I thought to myself, is this, is this worth it? Are the sacrifices that I need to make to run my business, are they worth it? And so it was quite funny, the timing, but I started to think this and the following day, I'm, I'm in the middle of a program and I got some accountability email from them and they said, how are you traveling? And if you're struggling, watch this video. And the video was a YouTube video, which I'll actually share with you. It was just, I do not even know who was doing the review. Some guy was doing a review of a book by Seth Godin called The Dip. And so I saw that they'd referred to that, but I didn't look at it straight away. And then after that afternoon, I thought, I'll just click on it and see what it was. And the top, the book by Seth Godin, it's called The Dip, Knowing When to Quit and knowing and When to Stick or something like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't know that's what it was about. So I listened to about half of the video and then I bought the book. It's a one and a half hour book and I'm going to put the link in for you because you seriously need to re- uh, listen to this book. I listened to the whole thing in in one afternoon. And the strangest thing was that when I started listening to it, while I was listening, I just kind of absent mindedly went on Facebook because I was holding my hand, I was waiting for dinner to cook. And so I went on to Facebook and the first thing that popped up on my newsfeed was another bookkeeper talking about wanting to quit. And I was like, well, that's a bloody coincidence, isn't it? Like, it really, it took me by surprise. I thought how unusual that this bookkeeper's just said they want to quit and I'm feeling like I want to quit. And, um, you know, I'm in the middle of listening to this book about how to know when to quit. And her question was, how do I know when to quit? Like, and I thought, wow, that's really the question that, you know, it's not just me. We, we, you know, we ask ourselves this question. And so, well, I wanted to find out like, how do you know how to quit? And so this book plus another book that I've been listening to, I've been listening to a few books this week to try and just get some clarity on whether, like how how do you actually know when to pull the pin on something? Like what has to happen in your life or in your business for something to happen um, that's going to make you say, all right, that's enough. So seeing this post by this lady, you know, I want to pour my heart out on that post and tell her my story, but I just felt like, you know, it wasn't the right time and place. So I just said to her, Hey, watch this video and have a listen to this book. And her reply to me was, I hope you're not thinking about quitting Amy, because I love your podcast. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, like there's one, there's one really good reason to stay because you know, like even just this week, I've had someone post in the group saying, that she's now listening to my podcast when she goes for her walk in the afternoon instead of listening to music. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, she's listening on Spotify and I I've never even thought to mention all of the different channels and platforms that the podcast is on, but I just assumed everyone listens on Google or Apple, um, whatever you call it, the Apple iPod iPod app, but there's all these other apps out there that I've put the podcast onto that I didn't realize people actually use. So I'll, um, I don't even know what ones they are, so I'll have to get a list and tell you. But anyway, um, I guess you're probably listening on it now anyway, if that's what you listen to. But my point is that, you know, I've been getting some very encouraging messages about the podcast and how people say that they feel that I keep them company. Um, You know, for me, I'm just sitting in my office by myself kind of, you know like rambling on about things I love to talk about. But very often I get these reminders from people that say, hey, Amy, we're here listening and you're keeping me company. And that means so much to me. I just, you know, the thought of, you know, the hundreds of bookkeepers like that to- that tune in and listen um, to me it, it really makes me feel like this is worth doing and and not for me. Like, obviously I love talking, otherwise I wouldn't have a podcast, but more than I love talking, I love the fact that, you know, I'm able to make a difference in the lives of those who tune in regularly and listen. And, you know, especially, you know, given my, um, you know, my whole past story, which I also won't tell right now, but just, you know, I've had a real journey of not having my voice heard or not being able to find my voice and say what I really want to say. And, you know, I think that when we're able to look past our own selves, we can, we can start to see the bigger picture of why we're here. And when this lady said to me, you're not thinking of quitting, are you? I thought, Oh goodness. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, if I quit that, you know, like that anything would really seriously go that bad. But then when I think about those who tune in and listen it's like, well, you know, what I'm doing does make a difference. And, you know, that that really means something to me. It means something that, you know, and, and it's not just about, you know, what it means to me, but each one of us has some something like this in our life. You know, you might not have a podcast, but there'll be people in your life who you make a difference to, and they just don't know. Um, uh, Sorry, that you just don't know, like what you do actually means to them. And, you know, we're so busy in our own lives. It's not very often that people take out the time to say, you know, hey, Amy, like this is how your podcast affects me. Or, you know, I've got um, one lady who always tells me she listens at the gym and another lady who's got a filing cabinet, um, you know, an Amy Hook filing cabinet with stuff, with resources in it. And so for me, like... Really, that's one of the elements of what it's all about. To be able to make that difference and to be able to sit here in my office feeling like I'm talking to myself, but knowing that there's so many people who actually listen and it helps them. So today I'm going to be covering, you know, I just had a little, like a real quick brainstorm on what are some of the things that we can do when we feel like quitting, because I'll be perfectly honest, I felt like quitting because of how this impacted me about my son and this lady who shared, you know, she talked about her, um, her child, um, Just started school, and you know, I know that we all get scared of like we don't want to reach that point where we're like, Oh my gosh, my whole life just flashed before my eyes, it's over so quickly. Like, I mean, my son's gonna be five this year, and I just can't believe that I started the business when I was pregnant with him and like how far it's gone, but how fast it's gone. And I, you know, I hate that feeling of like I'm missing out on something important, and you know, sometimes the business can. You know, our businesses can be really draining and really stressful, that the time really does go so fast. And, you know, I'll admit it, sometimes I feel that I'm just not emotionally or mentally uh, or even sometimes physically available as I would have liked to have been for my family. And I thought, isn't this why I started in the first place? So for me, it's been reassessing. You know, why am I here? What are the reasons? And all this kind of stuff. But the big question on my heart was, when do you know when to quit? Like, when do you kind of reach that point where you think, okay, like well, I'm done. Because, you know, I know how easy it is to sometimes reach a point, like a threshold, where you're like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Um, and then, and then you sort of come back out of that again, you sort of go, I don't know if you go in and out of that, but I, I, I do when, you know, when certain things happen, I, I, you know, there's certain things that trigger me into feeling like that. So what I've done is I've brainstormed, I've come up with six things that you can do when you feel like quitting. Um, I am going to recommend a couple of books that I've been reading lately that have really helped me. And mostly what I'm sharing is going to come as concepts that I've learned from those books a lot of it you know I'm not going to come up with too much that's original here but I'm really just going to rehash or kind of resummarize the things that I've learned and put them in my own words into what I think we can do So the number one thing that we can do is uh, when we feel like quitting, like obviously you would have been told all the time, the thing to do when you feel like quitting is to don't quit. Well, I'm going to say the opposite and I learned this from Seth Godin, the thing, what actually it's the opposite. So quitting is actually something that leads successful people to be successful. It's just that we need to know how to quit the right things you know, what I learned from this book is what happens is we either refuse to quit something that we should be quitting or we become serial quitters and we quit all the things that would have become successful if we had have not quit. Um, You know, and so what I'm talking about is you've kind of got this like overarching thing, um, which is, you know, for example, the overarching thing for us could be running a bookkeeping business, like being, or for me, it's being in the bookkeeping industry as opposed to running the bookkeeping business. It's like for me, the in I ain't it. Quit- I don't want to quit the industry like for me it's like I started to realize through listening to this book like to quit an industry is a really big move whereas we might have projects that we've taken on on our plate which which we should actually quit like maybe we've said yes to too many things and then we're juggling and we're trying to cope with them way too many things and the pressure is getting on top of us and then that's when we feel like we want to quit or perhaps for some of us it could be like quitting some of those clients that are really giving us a hard time or just aren't a good fit for the business anymore it could be quitting a certain behavior it could be quitting um allowing people to um you know take advantage of us or not pay on time or you know what whatever the things are that are causing us trouble so i think what I've learned is when you feel like quitting sit down and have a think about all the things that you've taken on and what are some other things that you could quit that would provide the outcome or the relief that you're looking for, but would still lead you towards your ultimate goals, you know, and I get, I guess in, in all of that, you need to actually understand what your ultimate goals are. So that brings me to the second one, which is, Knowing why you're playing the game in the first place. Like what's your purpose? What's your underlying purpose for being in business? You know, I've been reading a, another book um, called, oh, actually there's a couple. So the author's called Stephen Pressfield. Check out this guy. He wrote the, the um he wrote that book that became a movie called Bag of Vance or the story Bag of Vance or something like that. Anyway, he's, the, the story is about a golfer. Anyway, I haven't read the book. So that's not the point. The point is that this guy's written a couple of other books. So one of them is called Do the Work, which I really like. It's about just like getting stuff done and kind of not making excuses. And then he's got one called The War of Art, which is about res- the resistance that we face when we're trying to do something that's actually meaningful. And the outcome of that is um you know, something that really has a lot of importance that actually extends beyond ourselves and the resistance that we face. Now, I will give you a word of warning about that specific title. Uh, he d- does get like fairly religious in one section. Not religious, but he's start he goes into this whole thing where which is not my cup of tea. Obviously, you've heard me bang on about religion before, but he talks about like Zeus and Zeus's daughters and the gods and tapping into your muse and like all of this weird stuff. So um Yeah. So there's, there was sort of a little bit in that book where he kind of got a bit carried away with like the whole like angels and all this sort of stuff. So he does kind of go a little bit, um, bit strange, but if you can overlook that the underlying message of this book is really good. And also it's only one section where he really kind of gets into that. I think it's like the third section. So if you're really offended by that kind of stuff, then just fast forward it. But if you can overlook the actual, you know, the, 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 that, like how many times he talks about these gods and stuff like that, then that, that's all good. Just kind of overlook that and take the core message from this, which is about the resistance that we feel when we're trying to get to a goal and the resistance like kicks in at a certain point, And that's why most people don't make, make it past a certain point, which is a very similar concept to what Seth Godin talks about in The Dip, which I'll talk to you about a little bit further in this episode. So the third one by Stephen Pressfield is called turning pro i rec- i highly recommend this book like he say so he doesn't go on about um you know religious stuff very oh, i don't think he really mentions much at all in this book you will love this book like for me this is a huge um Oh, just a huge eye-opener for me it talks about the difference between being a, um, a professional versus being an amateur and it talks about where you know we reach a line we reach a point in our careers in our businesses where we have to make the decision to continue as amateurs or to become professionals and this was really like this was massive for me well, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, this is something that's really, you know, this has been a process that I've been going through, obviously, for a long time, there's been certain points, and you'll hear me share about them in different episodes where, you know, I had these um, kind of, you know, insights into how my behavior was, like how unprofessional that I, I was actually conducting myself in my business. And it was through going through certain experiences myself that I started to mature as a business owner and head more on that journey towards becoming a professional you know, I'm obviously I'm still on that journey, but I feel like just reading that book has given me a massive breakthrough, like a big, like I'm talking about a big jump between the the amateur and the pro. And he goes through and explains all the different points about what is an amateur and what is a professional. And I think if you have a listen to that, you know, and that will help you to get a really good understanding of the true reason why we're here um, in, in a capacity as a professional, Working with business owners, you know, um, depending on who our target market is and that kind of thing, we're helping people. We might have different end games, but we need to each know why we're playing the game because if we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, well, you know, of course we're going to feel like um, quitting and we're not going to be able to really measure against, you know, like about whether why we're feeling like we want to quit. Like, I'll give you an example for me a while ago. When you start your business, right, you feel like, okay, I'm setting up this business and it's exciting at the start and you're all motivated and you're staying up until midnight and you're trying all these software programs and you're getting all like you, whatever. Like I need to tell you the truth about this season of your life. Some of you might be in this, so you might find this a little bit offensive, but for those of you who have been through it and passed through it, you will know what happens because in that initial phase, you're running off of your um adrenaline and your hormones you know you are running off of dopamine and all of those chemicals that make you feel good and i can tell you now that you know all of these new shiny software programs that promise that they're going to change our lives and make our businesses more efficient and things like that there there is a level of addiction in that and you know you you will be getting the buzz off of the the natural hormones that get generated by your body and I can tell you so many of us I've spoken to so many in our industry that have completely related to this you will it doesn't last forever you will hit you will hit the wall I remember the day it happened my brain I was so excited about learning million software programs I could turn in a software and learn it in five minutes kind of thing and one day my brain just said no And I wasn't expecting it. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I was loving it. And I thought, oh, I can learn every software that's, you know, on the planet and I can teach it to the the bookkeepers and we can all, you know, get more insight into other softwares that we've never heard of. And one day my brain just said no. And I wasn't expecting it. It was like, it was like a, you know, it was just like a hit out of nowhere. It just this this, you know, it was me. It was like the inner voice in myself just went, I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) And I think at some point we all reach this, like our brains will just go, I don't want to learn anymore. I don't want to learn another software. I don't want to learn this. I don't want to change another. Like, yet. Yeah, so we'll get to this point. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is how older people get set in their ways. I know this is what happened. This is the moment. I remember it happening to me where there is a literal point where your brain is like, I can't push like this anymore. That's enough. I'm not doing it anymore. And it's like you're brain or your body or just every part of your being goes on, um, goes on a protest. It's like, I'm not coming to work today. And I'm not necessarily talking about burnout, although that can happen too. But I'm just talking about the point where you reach a threshold where you can't learn anymore. And so we start off our businesses, we're running on dopamine, we're running on adrenaline, we're running on excitement. And guess what? That runs out. And when it runs out, then you enter what i guess for you enter what seth godin's talking about when he talks about the dip you enter into this dip which i'll talk about in a moment um where it's it's basically make or break and this is what separates the um amateurs from the pros basically i'm kind of blending the concepts of these two books together You, you what what's happening here is that you are um the dip, so when the adrenaline and all of the good juicy hormones that are making you feel so good about um, being able to do all of this stuff in the business, when that runs out, you are going to enter the dip and the dip is a season of trials and difficulties and it's the season where people either make the decision to be to remain amateurs and to be mediocre. And to make that decision to not be as professional as they could be, to just take it as a bit of a hobby and a bit of a side hustle. And then there are those who persevere through the dip and they go through the hardest season of their life and they decide, I'm going to push through, I'm going to quit all of the things that aren't in line with my ultimate purpose and everything else, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to become the best in my space. I don't have to become the best in the whole world, but I'm going to become the best in my sphere of influence or in my niche or in the type of you know whatever the type of businesses that I've decided to help or whatever it is I am going to push through and I'm going to learn things that other bookkeepers don't bother to learn I'm going to push myself and I'm going to come be become good at this one skill that absolutely bothers me you know whether it's GST reconciliations or whether it's payroll or whether it's inventory or whether it's working with hospitality businesses all of these things that we love to hate for some of us some of us will go all right I can't do this I don't want to do this and I'm not going to bother and i'm just going to take on the easy clients and that's completely fine if you decide to run your business as an amateur you can run an amateur business and still be fairly successful you know generate an income and you know have a lifestyle or whatever but there will be others of us who aren't okay with that and they are the ones of us who are going to say Let's push past this. let's be let's stop making excuses about payroll. Let's become good at payroll. Let's stop uh, copying what everyone else says about how difficult payroll is, and let's actually become experts, let's become pros at payroll, or let's become pros at offering a service that so many bookkeepers wimp out on. Let's persevere through this dip where we're not able to run and rely, on the mechanics of our body anymore but we're gonna to have to rely on something far deeper than that we're gonna to have to be tied into a deeper purpose a life purpose we're gonna to have to give up relying on our own strength we're going to have to you know like however you want to word it turn we're going to have to turn to a higher power we're gonna to have to allow something beyond ourselves to carry us through you know it could be our community it could be our faith it could be you know another thing is you know which i'll talk about in a minute is our character you know that only a certain type of character can persevere through these things and so what we need to do is you know persevere through the dip So that's the third thing, you know, I've, like I've already explained it before I said the title of it, but that's what it is. It's the persevering when we hit that dip where it all runs out and we can't run on our own self will or our own self esteem, like all of those things burn out. And that's when we're in the perfect place and the perfect opportunity to quit the right things and figure out why am I doing this and persevere. And one thing that's going to help us to persevere is the fourth thing, which I totally learned this from Seth Godin, it, from this book, is to set the rules on when to quit. Now, I this was a huge eye-opener for me. When I heard this, I was like, oh, wow, like it never even occurred to me. He says, you know, what you need to do is you decide this and this equals me quitting and anything other than that, I will refuse to quit. And so I don't know what those things will be for you. Like it could be something to do with family. It could be something to do with money. It could be something to do with your mental health. It could be anything. But basically it's going to be different for every person and it's going to come down to, you know, one question, which is about what are you willing to sacrifice in your life in order to you know meet your like your ultimate life purpose and you know like some of you might think I'm horrible for saying this but you know for some of us like some I don't know sometimes I feel guilty about the kids I feel like you know I'm meant to be there for them I'm meant to have this availability and be their mom and turn up to these like birthdays and I miss this and blah 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 all the guilt and then I suddenly realized well there was three other kids who had their birthdays that day and their mum and dads weren't even there at all and I thought okay well what's the alternative like I was late I like there was a big stuff up that happened it was caused by three different parties all coming together to cause a stuff up but what about the other parents who weren't even there because they're in nine to five jobs and they don't have the option to even be there and they're not disappointing their kids because they never make the promise in the first place. So I thought, okay, maybe I need to just shift my perspective there. And then also we put so much importance and I'm not saying our kids are not important, but maybe we just need to adjust the, you know, I mean, for me, I suddenly started to realize, hang on a second, You know, if I quit my business and decide to stay home full-time as a mum and I got William to go back into his trade, um, he's a fitter and turner by trade, I could get him to go back and work in the factory and I could stay home and be a stay-at-home mum. But then I remember back to my own mum and you'll you'll hear Stephen Pressfield talk about this in his book as well. Um, you, You know, I can totally relate to this. What happens is like so I don't know if you've ever suffered with an addiction or if you struggle with having an addictive personality or get addicted to things, but addiction is caused by, um, you know, a lot of us become addicted to certain things because we're avoiding something we're actually avoiding. And he, 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 he proposes in his book that it's success that we're avoiding. We say we're scared of failure, but we're scared of success. We're scared of the responsibility that comes with the success. And, you know, we're just scared of, I don't know, like all of the things surrounding that. And so what we do is we hide in all kinds of addictions, whether it's shopping or alcohol or drugs or computer software or, you know, like, you know, some of us even hide in our kids or even not even in our kids and our family, but in the guilt about it. And so we can become addicted to certain things because what we're doing is we're actually, we're avoiding, um, fulfilling our calling. And so for me, I can think about my mum. My mum was a stay-at-home mum her whole life. So my mum had six kids and I'm the oldest. And I can tell you, I have never met an unhappier person in my entire life. And I look at my mum and I look at her through the lens of what I learned in this book. And I see my siblings. My siblings are very talented. Nearly all of my siblings are very, very talented music mu- museums <laughs> musicians. And so we're all musically talented in my family. Um, You know, my family, like, I'm not going to talk about, you know, how good looking my family are, but so my, like, my family are bodybuilders. I'm not a bodybuilder, obviously. I lacked out in that department, but so two of my siblings, four of my siblings are bodybuilders. They're competitive bodybuilders and they're like, they have these like elite physiques and they're, I don't know. They're very, my siblings are very attractive. And so, um, you know, we've got all of this sort of stuff going for us. And my, so what I could see as I read this book is that my mom has surrounded herself by these certain types of success, music and, you know, like these attractive, um, kind of <laughs> like, tr- like trophies, I guess. And, you know, that's not to be derogatory to her, but what I suddenly saw, cause mum pushed me to try to push me to become a musician. And for me, um, you know, I wanted something different. My passion, my heart is in business. And mum saw, you know, mum saw that as like money driven and greedy and capitalist and all of these things. And she had a very negative view on me wanting to get into accounting and to work in, you know, work in the world of business. She had a perspective on that. And I always took this criticism to heart, but now I can see how my mum surrounded herself with musicians and she pushed all of us to become musicians. And I'm not saying that she didn't do it for our own good, but then I thought about it and I thought like, actually I remember my mum. Like wanted to be a musician. She wanted to be a singer, and unfortunately, she didn't have the same. She didn't have the talent um, that you know is at the level that my, some of my siblings are at. But maybe it's not that she didn't have the talent. Maybe she just gave up. Maybe when people said, "Hey, you don't sound good," she gave up. You know, I can relate to that. I can relate to going through a season where I tried to persevere with music, and I had people. Um, Criticized me. And I'm like, I'm out of here. This is too hard. And, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, like, what if my mom has surrounded herself by musicians? Because that's what she really wanted to do. And, you know, to see her, you know, she, I'm not saying she didn't work hard as a mom. Like she was a hard, hardworking woman. She renovated houses and she was always working. And, you know, even years after separating from my dad and my stepdad, she's still around there. Like she'll be around there cleaning their house and making them dinner and all this sort of stuff. Like, I can tell you, I've never met a woman who works so hard, but I've also never met a woman who's so unhappy. And I remember her saying to me many, many times that because of us kids, you know, she was stuck being a mum and, you know, she knows deep down that she never pursued her calling and then, you know, she's, I guess she's blamed us for it. And so then, so, you know, that's what happens. You know, we, we get ourselves in these positions where we um, we refuse to pursue our calling and we surround ourselves by other successful people or even worse, we work hard to make other people successful, but we never take it for ourselves. And because of like, and what we do is we hide in all sorts of escapes and addictions. And that's a sign. Like if you're struggling with some kind of addiction, like there's a sign that underneath that you're actually avoiding your true purpose. And there's something about your life that you're, you know, meant to be fulfilling and for whatever reason you're not doing it. And then you're surrounding yourself or making other people successful. And, gosh, of course you reach a point where you feel like you want to quit. Like uh, I re- I recall having these thoughts many times. I think, why do I work so hard? And I make all of these people like so successful. Like the results that I get with my clients are like, when I sit down to think about it, they're actually astounding. Like I'm talking like the minimum I'll The minimum I can increase someone's profit by is 15%. The maximum is about 40%, 45%. I can increase a business's profit in 90 days, no problem. But why do I have such a trouble to grasp these things and take these things for myself? Like, why do I feel guilty about doing that to my own profit? Why do I feel so... Do you know what I mean? Like why do we get stuck in these positions where we're like I'm working my butt off and getting these amazing results and I'm scared to charge for those results? Like I think what if I charge people like a percentage of the percentage of increase that I get? I would be charging a way lot way more for my products and services. And so this has helped me to come to sort of a point where you know like I have at a number of stages where I've put my fees up, you know, both with Savvy and in the bookkeeping business, and it's actually starting to pay off because I'm starting to realize, hang on a second, I'm a professional and I get like, like, pr- actually pretty amazing results. So I'm going to charge for it and I'm going to start to have confidence about the things that I can do for a business and to really start to grasp that. But until you reach that point, you hide. You know, for me, like my addiction was software. <laughs> my addiction was software. Like you know, until the buzz ran out, and I couldn't rely on that anymore. And so, you know, it's having to persevere through the dip. And so you might be in that dip, but it's about, you know, the next one that I mentioned was about setting the quit rules. I've never set the quit rules. So that's why I find myself endlessly going back into this mentality where I'm like, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should just stop. Maybe I should go get a job. Maybe I should just, you know, whatever. Like I would say maybe once a quarter, I find myself on seek looking for a job. And it's like, how unprofessional is that? Like, I mean, obviously I've just told you guys now. So, but, but when I really think about it, I thought how bloody rude of me. Like, how would you guys feel if I just decided one day to quit? It's like, Oh, well, like I'm sure some of you would go, Oh, well, you know, you've got to do the right thing for your family. But when I think about it, it's like, how dare I quit on you guys? How dare I even consider that? So, For me, it's about, and look, I can't honestly tell you what the rules are for me, but you'll have to think about your own rules as well. I'm going to be really thinking about it over the next month or whatever. What are the rules? Like, what are the rules where I will quit? What's the point that something hits where I decide this is the time to quit? And what are some of the projects that I can actually quit that are just not going to lead towards the ultimate goal? And so when you set those quit rules, you can say, okay, well, is this rule playing out? No. Nah. Is this rule playing out? No. Nah. Okay. Well, it's just my feelings. I just feel like I want to quit, but guess what? I'm not because I've already set the rules in place and those rules haven't been met. And so I'm going to persevere and I'm going to get through the dip. And so in, so So that brings me to the next one. If you want to persevere through the dip and if you want to be able to hang on to those core rules and your purpose and only quit the right things and, you know, get through that kind of um, that season where you're really going to have to persevere and, you know, turn from an amateur into a pro. Well, in order to do that, we need to develop our character. And this is a long, slow, painful Process. I'm talking about the inner man or the inner woman, if you want to call it that. So our character is like our it's our inner strength. It's it's beyond our personality. It's like our personality is something that we're we're born with and kind of get shaped. Um, but our character is something that we intentionally build or intentionally neglect. It's like, you know, it's like my siblings building building up their body through bodybuilding. They have intentionally decided no one gets muscles that big. No one ends up with, you know, that physique to be able to stand on a stage in the undies and flex their muscles and be all like, um, you know, muscular. That I can tell you from watching my siblings, that does not happen by accident that is a very intentional and it is very very specific in the exercises the frequency of the exercises very specific very strict diet and then like a cycling process of you know um bulking and shredding <laughs> or whatever they call it so um you know we need to go through this season and you know obviously we're not bodybuilders um <laughs> we're um you know, we, we, have got to develop our character. And so the character development happens through the difficult times. Like nobody's character is going to really develop. We don't develop our character when things are going well. We don't, we, we develop our character when things are going wrong, when things are going hard. Um, You know, and in that sense, I think we can take every single difficult season of our life and we can say, okay, what am I going to learn from this? What am I going to get out of this? What, Like, what lesson do I need to learn here? How am I going to get through this? And then, you know, often we'll find ourselves in similar situations, like repeating situations. Like, I feel like I've been here with this, in a situation before, just with different people. And so if you feel like that, that kind of sense of, it's not deja vu, but it's kind of like, it's just that feeling like, I know these characters, (laughs) I know this situation. Okay when we can get to the point where we go, all right, I'm not going to blame everyone else. You know, I happen to be surrounded by crazy people all the time. Like, what is it in me that's allowing crazy people into my life? What is the lesson I need to learn here? Why do I let people take advantage of me? Why do I, you know, why do I, um, take on so much work? That I don't have the capacity to do any of it well like why do I have these habits in place what you know what lesson do I need to learn in this situation and what part of my character do I need to develop I can tell you I'm absolutely in love with this book I've mentioned it a few times it's called a work of heart again if you can overlook the religious stuff like I mean look some people are offended by religion I just say like stop being a baby Like. <laughs> honestly like some people just go oh my God, you talked about God like that's so offensive it's like get over yourself like uh, you know people I don't know people are funny about God but uh, the the amount of people in the world that actually believe in God is astoundingly massive people go oh you're delusional for believing in God it's like whatever like majority of the, the world believe in God so don't give me that crap like don't be if like I don't know I'm going to talk about God from time to time in my podcast. If you don't like it, don't listen to the podcast, but I just say like just overlook it. Like if you don't like just you can call it whatever you want. If you want to call God the universe, like I don't know. Like I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. But um you know a lot of people get offended by that, but it's like well like get over yourself. Like look beyond the words and and look at the underlying message. You know, that's just my way of communicating. Other people communicate like that. So I say like get into you know, um, get, get yourself to a point where you don't get fluffed by little things that you're not like, Oh, someone said a word and it makes hurts my feelings or hurts my pride or whatever. Like we need to get past that. We need to just go like, people are going to say things that we don't like and we need to develop ourselves into becoming professionals. We need the character of a professional. You don't have to have it. If you want to be an amateur, if you want your business to be a hobby, like, I'm not even like, please don't hear this as a judgment. That is actually fine. If that's, you know, but if you're not comfortable and you don't have peace in yourself that you know that you have a higher purpose in your life, then you've got to like, you've got to get to the point where you can develop the character of a professional and a professional, I'm not going to go through all the things like you just have to read the Stephen Pressfield book. It's the one called, Turning Pro. That's the one. He goes through a whole list of what the characteristics of an amateur and a whole list of the characteristics of a pro, and it's very succinct. It's like a very short book like um it's like the length of two episodes of my podcast. So just chuck it on your Audible and have a listen to it because I think you're going to love it. You just we need to look at you know the bigger purpose of why we are here as bookkeepers. I've talked about this in other episodes. So I won't go on about it. But, you know, small businesses need us whether they believe it or not. We we can help them whether we believe it or not. And, you know, there is hope for our industry whether people believe it or not. I got told by someone the other day, he said to me, um, oh, you know, the colour that I think of when I think of bookkeepers is brown. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, um, brown. So business owners think we're brown, okay, Like, I don't know about you, but I I am so not brown, but whatever. I heard him out and I wanted to hear what he had to say. And he said, why would anyone, like, he said, business owners don't care about bookkeepers. Did you know that bookkeeping is just going to get automated out and it won't even exist in 10 years? So why do you want to be in and invest in an industry that's on its way out? And when he said it, like, it seemed like it was true. I thought, yeah, actually, maybe we are a bit brown and maybe we are going to get automated out of history and then I, I went away thinking about it and I thought, gosh, imagine that I listened to that guy. Like, look, he said some really good things to me that day as well, but he also said some stuff that's like complete ignorant bullshit So um, that he doesn't actually know and he doesn't understand. And how can I expect someone to understand from the outside? But, however, that is a view that is held from the outside. They think we're brown. So if you don't want to be perceived as brown, then, like, you need to do something to, to change that. We need to do something to change that because we're not brown, but guess what? The more we, the harder we try to get business owners to care about bookkeeping, the more brown we're going to seem. So, um, but at the same time, I don't think we're brown. I know a lot of bookkeepers and I think we're like every color. Honestly, I think we're like totally a rainbow. And so, you know, I think for us, we need to develop our character, but we need to be able to also show who we really are and we can't show who we really are until we know and until we know we're going to hide in our addictions and we're going to think on a daily basis about quitting because we don't know why we're playing the game and we don't have the character to persevere through the dip so that's it and how many did I say I was going to do one two three four five six this is the last one number six So number five, okay, well, actually, I'll just reiterate them. So number one's quit the right things. Number two is know why you're playing the game. Number three is persevere through the dip. Number four is set the quit rules. Number five is develop your character so you can get through. And number six, of course, is connect with others and know that you're not alone. So I want you to know, like, you're not alone. And so if I go through this too then there's a pretty good chance that everybody else is going through it too. And I see it like, obviously, because I work with so many bookkeepers, I see what you guys go through. And I know that, you know, we all go through the same thing. And so connecting with others and knowing that we're not alone is so important. Because when we're alone, and when we're isolated, and when we're by ourselves, we start to believe all sorts of lies about ourself and you know we start to get away from the truth and the only way that we can really know what our true purpose is and the only way that we can persevere and understand our quit rules and develop our character is to be around others you know that's it you're not alone yeah get into community be a part of it you know and you know ask for help when you need it as well like connecting with others and saying hey i'm struggling and you know we get it we we know what it's like and we want you to be professionals we want you to have the character to persevere through the dip we don't want you to quit but we do want you to quit the things that are holding you back and stopping you from being who you really are and who you were created to be so that's it I'm done. I love talking. I could keep going, but let's stop here because it's time to go and I'll see you next week. I won't see you, but you will hear me and I will very much look forward to it. See you then. Have a great weekend.
0: Thank you for listening to The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so subscribe to future episode notifications. Do you want to be more efficient? Get instant access to our free template of the month. Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au slash freebie. Would you love to connect with other savvy bookkeepers to get support and ideas? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook group. Do you need help with pricing, marketing, web design, or business planning? Visit thesavvybookkeeper.com.au to see our services. Until next time, stay savvy.